was thinking about what John Andrews um, was talking about at the weekend, and uh, one of the things that he brought out, particularly on the Friday night, um, he talked about, obviously we know he talked about um, work of faith. Yes, he was talking about the, the, uh, how you could have influence. The, what was it, the title? Um, ingredients of influence, that's right, yes. Um, that stuck really well in my memory. Um, <laughs> but but he, he talked about, obviously, faith, hope, and love, and he talked about the work of faith and the labor of love and the endurance of, of hope that we have in Christ. Um, and uh, he brought out, obviously, the difference between work and labor very simply, but powerfully, didn't he? Um, but one of the things that he talked about in the middle, and maybe you might have missed it, but he talked about our worldview. And he was saying, for example, if, you're, if you've settled some things in your mind, then it's settled. In other words, it's the way that you view it. So he, he talked about giving, for example, if, if that is an attendance, whatever. I can't remember the specifics off the top of my head, but he told you other things. In other words, if it's, if it's decided, if you believe it, if it's your worldview, that's it. Um, and so it got me thinking about worldview and how important that is to us and how easy it is for us to pick up a worldview from all sorts of different areas uh, of our life. We pick up a worldview from our parents, what they think and how they think. We pick up a worldview from our peers. We pick up a worldview from our televisions, from our radios, from the media, from our uh, husbands and wives. We pick up uh, the other people's. And sometimes we pick them up like germs. We don't intend to pick them up. We have no intention where they come from. I suddenly have a germ. I suddenly have cold. I've caught a cold, uh, caught flu, whatever it might be. And, um, and we don't know where it came from, but we have it. Um, and uh, often we don't know the effects of it until something goes wrong. So you can have the germ of cold, but not aware that you've got that germ, whatever it might be until something happens, until there's an outward manifestation of it. In other words, when something goes wrong. And that's the same with our worldview. Our worldview, the way we look at the world, the way we do things, it affects our life in every area of our life. And we pick them up uh, in so many different ways. And sometimes we don't think about it. In fact, I would say that 99.9% .9 of people don't think about what they think about. They don't think about how they make decisions. They don't think about how it, things affect them in their life. They just, they just, we just make a decision, and we don't realize we've made that decision based on our worldview. And sometimes we have a different worldview for different areas of our life. So we have a different worldview for our, for our work life and a different worldview for our home life. We have a different worldview for when we're in church. So now that you're in church, you may be operating from one particular worldview, and you're thinking certain things because you're in this setting. But take you out of this setting and take it into your work or into your school or into your university, into your home life, and suddenly your, your way you think is different. So in other words, you are one thing in one place and something else in another place. And that's so easy for all of us to do because we don't think about what we think. 
And so it's important for you and I to actually to start to think about that. And so that's what I want us to do over from, obviously I want to kind of get the things going today, but over the next few weeks I want us to think about what we think about and why we think the way we think and what the way we should think. And my aim, of course, is that we would think as God would have us to think, that we would actually change our perspective from whatever worldview or worldviews we may have so that we become and have a godly, God-centered worldview. Uh, for the simple reason it's going to affect and change every area of our life. Our worldview is what happens on the inside, not on the outside. It affects the outside, but it first happens on the inside. And so often we try to change things by the things that we do. We think if we change our behavior, but we can change. So, for example, let's say, for example, I said to myself, which people do today, don't they? They said, they said to herself, well, I'm not a man, I'm a woman. Well, actually, if I could say that, so if I start wearing a dress, would that make me think like a woman? I might just be wearing a dress, but it's not going to change me internally, is it? But if I thought and I, said, and I, I truly believed I was a woman, then it would reflect. I would probably wear a skirt. I'm not going to wear a skirt, okay, <laughs> just in case. You know. but, but, uh, but what I'm saying is the way you think. So when you see people doing certain things in life, if people steal, they have a worldview related to that. There, there's, there's things going on in their life. When people, uh, when people uh, you know, they say have a, go off with somebody else and, uh, you know, they, they, have a, uh, they commit adultery, they, they probably, if you ask them how things are going, they might say, well, so far, so good. So in other words, it's a worldview, yes? So I just want to quickly go through some of the worldviews that matter, and they do matter, our worldview. They, they matter profoundly. Now, we know the extremes of it. Uh, for example, like, um, uh, how many of you have heard of uh, Osama bin Laden? We've probably all heard of him because of his ideology, the worldview that he had, the way that he thought. But actually, he caught it from other people. Now, we don't know those other people, but we know the outworking of it. And actually, he got it uh, from the people that he got it from, uh, which I can never pronounce their name, but he's uh, Sayyid Kutib. If I say it fast enough, you might think that's how you pronounce it. But uh, <laughs> So unless you're Arab, you might know how to pronounce it properly. But, um, but, but he was the one, he, was, he, he, he read all sorts of things and he got it from Hitler and read all those kind of, kind of books. So it was a worldview. Now we see the manifestation of it and it has consequences. You and I, our lives are changed, the, our culture's changed all because of this guy because of the way he thought and so for the last 50 years he just transformed our lives because of the way that he thought and he lived and so I might not now we might not change the whole world by the way that we think but we can certainly change our world we can certainly make an influence in our family and in with our children and with our parents. We can make an influence in our school and in our university and where we work. We can make a difference in every area of our life. You can make a difference in your connect group and your church by the way you think. In other words, because of your worldview. So let me just mention some of the worldviews uh, that, uh, that we have. The first one is, uh, is, is, is termed materialism. And, um, and that's a prevalent one in, in, uh, in our world. And, um, and it is so important that we, that we understand what does, that, what does that mean. And you might think of that. That's, 
that's to put simply is the one with the most toys wins. In other words, it's about accumulating things, yes? And, um, and so some people think like that, yes? Um, it, it's about acquiring. You're always trying to acquire more and acquire more. I was talking to someone yesterday at a, at a, at a wedding, and, uh, and this guy was, uh, was saying to us that um, he'd actually been involved with the banks. He'd been working, I think, with TSB, something like that. And, um, and he'd actually been involved in shutting branches. In fact, he got a bonus for every branch that, that closed. So he was actually doing well. But at the end of it, he was stressed out. Things were going. So, so he, he got to, I think it was redundancy, and he got three quarters of a million pounds redundancy. Yeah? Now, he's set off and he's going and, I think, working for uh, something still to do with Lloyd's or whatever, but he's self-employed. Now, all I'm saying is there was a man that was chasing toys. His house was paid for, this was paid for, whatever. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Because of his mindset, it was important to him. And so often we can have that, that if we can just acquire something more. And it's amazing if I just have that. That's what advertising builds itself on, doesn't it? You need this, Jonathan. Yes. And uh, so whether it's a, a certain type of car or whether it's a certain washing up powder or whatever it might be, it's all the time trying to say you need this in your life. If you, if you have this television, this UHD television, and that is fine. But the problem is, is once you, once you go down that line and your happiness depends on your acquisitions, the difficulty is, is when you get what you wanted, the problem is, is when you've got it, it's probably out of date. Because at least six months later, there's going to be something better out. And then you're going to need that. Because now there's a television with surround sound. And then you've got surround sound, and then you need 3D. And then when you've got 3D, you need, you know what I'm trying to say? So in other words, if your thinking is, is that your happiness resides in acquisitions, if that's the way that you think, it's going to affect your life. You're going to be interested in what you get. And you think that the more you get, the more happier you are going to be. And so many live their life on that. And see, we've got to understand it determines your life. The way you think. So if you think like that, it's going to determine your life. Everything you think about in your worldview, the way you view the world is going to affect your success and your failure. It's going to uh, 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 affect how you view tomorrow, how you live today. It's going to make a massive uh, difference for us. And so we've got to understand that. You see, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if a man be in Christ, he is a, he's a new creation. Behold, all things, the, the old, what is, how does it say? It says, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Yes? Or the Living Translation says, when anyone becomes a Christian, he becomes a new person inside. The old passes away, a new life has begun. In other words, we start a new relationship with God. Our sins are forgiven. We have hope for heaven. We understand we've got a powerful living today. Everything changes. We, are, we have a new identity in Christ. The problem is, is we still have the same mindset. So until our minds change, things in the way that we act doesn't change. So we can accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, but unless we change our thinking, nothing else is going to change. So that's why it's important for us when we give our life to Jesus, that's why we come as a disciple to Jesus, to we learn from him so that we can become what he wants us to be. 
That's so important. So he's always, there is a process, a process of sanctification, a process of becoming like Christ, but that doesn't happen automatically. It's something we have to uh, embark on. And when we give our life to Jesus, that's what we're saying yes to. We're saying yes to a new identity, but in that new identity, we are going to live differently, and we understand we can only live differently if we think differently. So, for example, it's like this. If, for example, we adopted, say, Kath and I adopted somebody into our family, they would have a new identity by being in our family. Yes, they would have a new name. They would be called a Harris. Yes? Now, whether they could live with that, I don't know. But, but they would have a new identity. They're in a new house. They're in a new family. But unless they change their thinking to the thinking of the Harris hold, they are still going to have the old mindset. And they, they, so it doesn't matter the fact that they become adopted if they still live like they're not adopted. If they still live like their identity is in the things that they do, they're never going to feel accepted. But if they understand their adoption, that they have been chosen, that they're loved, then it's going to affect the way that they live. Amen? And so they're going to desire to learn the Harris way. They're going to, yeah, if they don't, they get a slap. <laughs> in love. And so it's important to us. Now, we have so many of these. So um, I'll just name a, a, a couple of them, and I'll try to go through them pretty quickly. The, 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 another one is, is, uh, is, is termed narcissism or individualism. And that's where we think of ourselves first. People often just, that's what they do. In other words, what really matters to them is, is, is are, are they important? Are they, is what's happening, are they, are they the number one? Are they kind of the priority in the circumstances in whatever situation it is. And so it's important for us to realize that that's not the way to live. Jesus said this, if you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find true life. Matthew 16, 25. So in other words, if you try to live for number one, being yourself, you're going to lose everything. But it might, you might think you're gaining, but you're going to lose it all. But Jesus said, in actual fact, if you give up everything, give up being first, give up about it all being about you, then I want to tell you, then you will gain. You will be a winner. You will be satisfied. You will know what it is to, to be a child of God. You will understand that if you're that. Or the others that do is a hedonism. In other words, if it feels good, if it gives me pleasure, and the amount of people who we know that they're pleasure seekers, they're interested in things. They will change job because they want to please themselves because it makes them happy. They enjoy doing it. They, they do pursuits, whatever it might be, and it becomes a priority. It becomes like a God in their life. It becomes so important to them. And it's, and it's, it's paramount for us to understand that that's a worldview, that that's the way that they think. They're thinking that what really matters is how I feel. If I feel good, then it's good. If I feel bad, then it's bad. And that's, that if you live according to that, you're going to struggle. You're going to have uh, problems. Um, uh, Proverbs 21 verse 17 says this, Are you addicted to thrills? What an empty life. The pursuit of pleasure is never satisfied. So how often do we pursue pleasures? People all the time are talking to me about, I'm going here, I'm going to do this. I don't matter whether it's hobbies or pastimes or whether it's TV or whatever it might be. 
Um, it's, it's, it, the whole thing is about pleasure. It's about feeling good, yes? Um, and and, and it, it affects the way that we leave, live. And another worldview um, is, uh, is pragmatism. In other words, whatever works for you. If it works for you, that's okay. Um, it doesn't matter about anything else. If, um, if you get, um, you know, you're happy with it and you feel satisfied with it, then that's all that matters. The problem with that is the logic of that is that if, you, if all you're interested in is, well, you know, that might be something that you're interested in doing, that's good for you, uh, but that's not good for me, which is you talk to people all the time, and I hear this all the time, where people say, well, if you're into that, that's okay. Well, actually, that's, that's not God's way. So when you come into the family of God, you don't just you don't think that way any longer. You've got to think differently. Yes, and uh, and so it, it it does anyway. Um, Proverbs 14 says this: There is a way. Verse 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. How many times do people do things and it seems right? It's it it's just it. it it, it seems practical. It seems just the thing to do. The problem is you've got to think about it. If it's, if it's just like, well, that's your thing. Well, the problem is, is, let's say to the extreme is, I don't like you. And so what would make me feel better? And what would kind of uh, be the best interest for me is if I murder you? Well, it's wrong, isn't it? Yeah. Anybody, anybody disagree? <laughs> so what I'm saying is we don't think it through that, do we? We think it through on... It's okay that kind of thinking on soft issues, but not on, on something else. If it's going to harm someone else, we think, oh, well, I don't agree with that. But then you've got to ask yourself, well, when is something harming someone else? And at what level does it harm someone else? And so we've got a worldview. You've got a way of thinking about what you do and about what you believe, about what is suitable to harm someone else. And for someone else to be at discomfort or somebody else to, to lose out because of the way that you think. And so we have that, and we, we think that. We think uh, to ourselves that it seems right. It seems right. And how many times do we do that? So, so let's say, for example, um, we have, um, okay, we, we have something like gravity. Yeah? How many people believe in gravity? Well, if you don't believe in gravity, it doesn't matter. It's still going to happen. Yes, it's still God's law that he's put into there. So, for example, if I said to myself, oh, well, you know, um, I, I'd like to jump off uh, Blackpool Tower, and um, I think that's the right thing. I think it makes me feel good, and, um, and, you know, I'll get a lot of pleasure out of that, and, uh, and you know, and it's right for me. You know, it might not be right for you, but it's right for me. Now, let's say, for example, I jump off Blackpool Tower. I am not going to do it, guys, just in case you've got a bit of hope in there. But let's say, imagine I do that like now, and you ask me halfway down, you put your head out of the window, whatever, and you say to yourself, Jonathan, how's it going so far? Well, halfway down, I would say, so far, so good. But we all know the end. So in other words, we get involved things and we think, well, it's, it's okay for me. And I, I ask people, how's it, how's it going? So far, so good. But the end, God is saying to us, it might seem right, but in the end, it leads 
to death. It leads to destruction. It leads to harm. It leads to hurt. It leads to something bad. But how many times do we think that we can mosey on through life doing what we want, the way we like, the what we feel like doing? It's right for us, and yet we don't think about the consequences. And the thing you've got to always remember is what you think has consequences. Every little thing that you think has consequences because every decision you make is based on what you think. So if you have faulty thinking, you're going to do faulty decisions. And that's, 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 we've got to understand that, yeah? Oh, I mean, for some people, for example, they're into naturalism. In other words, God doesn't exist. They, they think to themselves, well, things just happen. We're just random and things just haphazard. So it doesn't really matter what, what, what we do and that because I just, I'm just a, a blob or I'm just kind of an accident or I just, I don't have, I don't have purpose. I don't have meaning. I mean, Bertrand Russell, I mean, he was an atheist, but at least I'll acknowledge something that he said was true, which was if you don't acknowledge God, you have no purpose in life. And so there's no purpose. So people that don't act... So in other words, if you don't believe there's a God, that affects your life. It affects the people around you. It affects the way you make decisions. All based on that because you don't have value of yourself. You can't see yourself as having purpose and having destiny and having, and having a meaning in life. But it comes out of understanding that there's, that there's a God. Or some people are into humanism. In other words, you are your own God. New age and these kind of things are big into that, aren't they? So in other words, but, but putting on a more, a more basic level is to say, I'm our own boss. I can do what I like to do. Because, and then we wouldn't say that, we wouldn't say, I am God, but we, we do what we think we is best. So we're not actually looking at the consequences. We're not asking God, what do you think is best? What is your plan? We're not reading his word. We're not asking uh, or the saints about what's good. We are just going on what we think is right. And so that is part of a worldview. That's what we do. Um, Romans 1 and verse 25 says, They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped created things rather than the creator. How often is that that we... And people do. They worship all sorts of things, don't they? You know, it might be a, it might be a literal idol of something of stone. It might be something... Wooden, it might be the TV, it might be their car, it might be their house, it might be their wife, it might be any number of things that they worship, that they, that they see that as the very center of their life. That's what they worship. We are created to worship. They've done, they've done studies, they've done where they've gone to tribes that have had no outside contact, and yet an outside tribe, no uh, contact, worships. We all worship something, yes? And we've seen that. I know missionaries have gone to these tribes, and when they've explained to them who they're worshipping, they've given their life to Jesus. It works. God designed us to worship. So if you're not worshipping God, you are worshipping somebody or something else. And so, of course, what we're looking at is we want a worldview that is called a theistic worldview. A worldview based on God. We believe in God. God is the creator, the God who made us, the God who gives us purpose, the God who is for us. And it says in Colossians 1 and verse 16, message translation, for everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. Now that dramatically changes the way you look at life. So in other words, without God in your life and you have an accident, you're asking yourself, why? 
So in other words, if you're ever asking yourself, why has this happened, why is that, why is it? You have got a naturalistic point of view. You've not got a God. A theistic point of view goes that God is involved in this. God sees that, that there's purpose. God, God there's purpose in everything. That doesn't mean to say that everything's good, but God brings everything around for his, for his purpose. And so if we belong to him, that's what Romans 8.28 talks about, but all things, not most things, not some things, not 99.9% things, but for all things work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So in other words, it could be something bad, it could be something terrible, it could be something evil, and yet God can turn it around for his purposes because we understand that he is in control. So when you have a theistic worldview, it affects the way that, 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 you, that you live your life. Amen? So what I want us to, to quickly look at is how can we strengthen our beliefs? You see, we need to strengthen our beliefs, first of all, because it shapes our life. Proverbs 4 and verse 23 says this, be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. So how your life is panning out is based on how you think. It's based on your worldview. Secondly, it's uh, what you think is what will be revealed in your life. Proverbs 29 and verse 18 in the message says this, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. And that's so important. Yes? And, 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 and um, 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope that is in you, but do it courteously and respectfully. So in other words, having a correct worldview will affect the way you talk. It will actually it will determine that you find out how to tell other people about God. That, that, that's what that scripture is saying. In other words, work at it, learn how to talk to people, you know, get the skills, you know, hone your testimony, understand what, what makes people tick. And so learn it so that you can talk to people about why you believe. Yes? So, for example, when Kath and I were at the wedding and conversations on and you go through all the the, 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 the chit-chat and whatever. But all the time you're looking for some way of being able to introduce them to Jesus. Because you understand it doesn't matter everything else in their life. If they're not with Christ, it all fails. It leads to death. It leads to destruction. So all the time you're trying to do that. Amen? So, Kath, for example, last week, uh, Easter, uh, we went off up to uh, somewhere. Where did we go? Newcastle. Time out. Then there's a time out. Now, Kath was sat on a bench with Mabel, and they're talking to this lady on the, on the bench. Now, this lady on the bench was not sitting on the bench thinking, I hope someone comes to talk to me about Jesus. I need to change my worldview. I've been thinking about what I've been thinking about. And uh, no, 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 no. She's just enjoying the scenery. But Kath's enjoying the scenery. Mabel's enjoying the scenery. But they, they understand there's purpose. 
So they don't just think, oh, we've sat there. You try to make a bit of small talk. You try to build a bit of a relationship. Now, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But you're just saying, Lord, Holy Spirit, what's in there? And so in the end, was able to talk to her about Jesus and to give her away Jesus. Yeah? Why? Because she just had a different mindset. But if you don't think like that, you're never going to do it. If you think that you need to keep your religion to yourself, guess what you are going to do? So what you believe matters. So how can you strengthen your worldview in one minute? How can you strengthen your Christian worldview? How can you strengthen your worldview so that it comes in line with God? Well, the first thing to do is to learn. Learn what is true. It doesn't just come naturally. Even though we know that God has said we can look at creation and we can get an idea of how powerful he is, how creative he is, how awesome he is, for us to understand fully, we need to learn the truth. And how do we learn the truth? By being taught it or by reading the word of God, yes? Proverbs 23 and verse 23 says this, learn the truth and never reject it. Get wisdom, self-control, and understanding. Something we have to do. This week, write that down, put it on, your, on your, your phone, put an alarm on, and say to myself, right, this week I am going to change, because I have to change from the inside. It's got to be an inside job. So, you know, although I could try changing some externals, I've got to change the way I think. How am I going to change the way I think? Because I'm going to learn some new truths. I'm going to memorize them truths, get a scripture, get something that's going to that's going to affect your life on that. Secondly, discern. Discern what is false. 1 John 4 and verse 1 in the message says, don't believe everything you hear. How many times do you, do, you, do, you read, do you believe everything that's said in the newspaper or on the television or whatever? I don't know whether you do or not, but there's so much of that. In fact, I was, I was uh, listening uh, to someone on YouTube and he'd been um, talking to, I think it was um, a Yorkshireman, plumber, Smith Rigglesworth, yeah? And, um, and, and he was saying that when he came in, he was coming in with a paper under his, his thing, and he said, you can't bring that in here. That's full of lies. He said, I'm not having any lies in my house. The only thing that I have in my house is the truth. Yeah. In other words, he understood. He understood something there. He understood a principle. But I'm not saying you, you need to throw all your newspapers out, but, uh, but you certainly need to do things. So, for example, when I was being brought up, my mother, if we had a paper in the house, she would always cut out the bits that she didn't want in the house. So, for example, if it had astrology, it had about, you know, your stars and that, that was cut out and thrown in the bin or fire or whatever. Do you know what I'm trying to say? In other words... She was making a demonstration, that's not coming in my house. It's not coming into our thinking zone. It's not coming into our, it's a safe zone. This is a God zone, and it affects the things that do. So sometimes you've got to practically throw some things out. Discern what is right and what is wrong. Learn the truth and discern what is false. Carefully weigh and examine what people tell you, says one John. Not everyone who talks about God comes from God. There are a lot of lying teachers loose in the world. And I know that for a fact. 
you, you can go on the internet and you can listen to some of the blogs and some of the, some of the things that are out there. And if you just listen to it, you, think you might just read it and think, oh, it makes sense until you get to something to know the truth. And the truth is what reflects it. But if all you're looking at is the error, you think, it totally makes sense. It makes sense to live for myself. It makes sense that this is the way of eternity. It makes sense that this is this is the best way to acquire my job. This is the best way to, to keep my job by if I fiddle it or I do this or other. So the way we think dramatically affects us. So discern what is false. And thirdly, turn from the world to the word. Turn from the world to the word. Romans 12 verse 2 says this, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. What's the pattern of this world? It's its world views. It's the way that it thinks about the various things. Don't, don't, don't conform to the way they think. Don't conform to the way your neighbors think or your work colleagues think or other things. Conform it to the word of God. Yes? It says, but, uh, so do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Where does transformation come from? Renewing of the mind. That's why this series we're doing is so paramountly important because it's about building a foundation in your life. It's about what's the foundation because when a crisis comes, guess what matters? It's the foundation. Jesus talked about that at the end of the Sermon in the Mount. He talked about two guys building houses. And he built one of them built on, on, on a, a flimsy foundation on sand. Another one built on a strong foundation on, on, on solid stone, on rock. Yes, and so as a result, it affected their life. Now, it was all, all nice while the sun was shining and, and uh, the, the breeze was just low. But when the storm came, that affected what was the foundation of the house. And Jesus tells us what the foundation of the house is. The foundation of the house is my teaching. The foundation of the house is what Jesus said. Anybody who builds their life on Jesus, on what he taught, and what he said and what he did, if we build, we build our life on that, we have a foundation. And this year is about building foundations in our life. And so we've got to think differently. We've got to think as God would have. We've got to learn the truth. We've got to discern what is false. And we've got to turn from the world to the word. The word of God is the foundation upon which we build our lives. Are you still with me? Good. For the next hour then. Proverbs 15 and verse 14 says, A wise person is hungry for truth, while the fool feeds on trash. In other words, there's two things that you can feed your mind on. You can feed your mind on the truth, or you can feed it on trash. And that, that what you feed on is what will grow. What your life feeds on will grow. What you starve dies. So if you, you know, and there are people I know that they, they can't got time to read their Bible, but they've always got time for a movie. They haven't got time for a prayer meeting, but they've got time to go and watch a game or whatever it might be. They've got time for various things, but a wise person seeks the truth. A wise person lives according to the truth of God's word, where a fool feeds on trash. And my thing to you is this week, will you think about what you're thinking about. In other words, will you think about what am I listening to, what am I watching, where I'm going, how I'm talking, and analyze yourself this week so that you can get the ball rolling in that. Yes? And the fourth thing, the last thing, you know when you say last, 
so you can last, <laughs> is concern yourself with God's agenda. God's agenda. This week, what matters is not your agenda. If you will start to think about, your, about, about what God wants for your life rather than what you want for your life, it will transform your life. Too many of us, even though we are Christians, we are still living from a faulty worldview. We're still thinking wrong. We're not thinking, God, what's on your agenda for today? What do you want me to do today? What, what's the priorities for you today? The Word of God, is that a priority? Prayer time's a priority. Are they, are, they, are they a priority in your life? What comes first? Amen? Think about those things. Let's stand and we're going to, uh, we're going to, we're just going to pray. Um, if you've got your communication card, I'd love for you just to fill that in and just to put down. Um, if you're new for us today, we'd love for you just to put some basic details in so that we can touch base with you. But maybe today you're saying, I've never actually turned to God. I've never made a decision to follow Jesus. I just want to give you that opportunity today to say, God, I want you to be first in my life. And if that's you today, um, I'm not going to prolong it. I'm not going to make a big deal about it. I just want to give that opportunity today. If you want to put God first in your life today, just pray a simple prayer. Pray something like this. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you created me. I thank you that you have a plan for my life. And today I want to follow your plan. I want to be part of your family. I want you to help me to change my thinking from stinking thinking to kingdom thinking. I pray today that, Lord, that you would cleanse me of my sins. Forgive me, Lord, of the times when I have hurt other people, when I have said the wrong thing, I have done the wrong thing. And I pray today that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I have power to live on. And I pray that you would transform me, transform my thinking so that, Lord, that my life would be changed forever. I ask this in Jesus' lovely name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we believe you gave your life to Jesus and you're born again. And so we want you to be in that. We'd love for you to put on the communication card, just said, I said that prayer. I'll tick the top left-hand box. I gave my life to Jesus. Uh, we would love for that. And maybe today you're here and you've just, you've just gone cold towards the things of God. or You've just recognized that there are areas in your life where you have listened to the world. You've listened to other people. You have faulty worldview. You might have a lot of things that are right and you think right in a lot of areas, but today you've just sensed the Holy Spirit speaking to you today about a certain area in your life. And you know you need to change that. I don't know what that might be. It might be just to stop listening to something or not doing something or whatever it might be. Start doing something, creating new habits. But put that down or at least pray about it. And I'm just going to give that moment of that today. As we go into our connect groups, we will talk about the way that we think and, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of flesh it out a little bit more. But I want to give opportunity now. Well, God is here in this atmosphere uh, that, uh, that just to write down what it is that God wants you to think differently about. It might be about healing. It might be about miracles. It might be about your identity. It might be about finances. It might be about 
committed to the church. It might be about connect group involvement. It might be about serving in a ministry. It might be uh, about reaching your neighbors or your people at work. I don't know what area it might be, but there's, God is wanting to work on some area in your life. And you can't change everything, but you can change the way you think in some areas. And this, this, this week, that's our prayer, that we are transformed. We want to be changed. And you can only have faith if you believe right. You have got faith in the right things. If you don't have faith in Jesus, your faith is wasted. If your hope isn't in Jesus, it's a false hope. If you're not loving from the love of God, but it's a worldly love, it's wasted. It's, it's selfish. God is wanting us to change the way that we think. Individually, families, and as a church. This year is the year of changing our foundation, that our foundation is solid so that when the storms of life come, it might be a marital storm, might be a financial storm, might be a, an educational storm, it could be a health storm, it could be anything. I want to say to you, you are going to have storms. And as your pastor, I believe that what God is saying to us this year, and particularly we're talking now about a worldview, God is wanting to base a foundation upon which we are solid. It's a solid foundation. We're in the truth of the word of God. So that when the waves come, when the storm comes, when the, uh, when the wind comes, we might, the house might be rocked, but it's firm because that it's stood on the solid truth of the word of God. Because of what he says, because we think the way God wants us to think. You might just want to carry something that's in your wallet or in your purse or some used to do bangles around the wrist. What would Jesus do? My thing is, what would Jesus think? What would Jesus say? That's what we need to be thinking this week and this season that will change us. We can think differently now and start a process that will transform not just our lives, but the life of our children, the life of our community, the life of our connect group, if you will just think differently. Amen. Father, I just pray for every single person here today. I pray, Lord, that your word would go forth. I thank you that your word is like a seed. And I do pray, Lord, that your word, as it's gone into every heart, I pray, Lord, that it would germinate in good soil. I pray the soil would be nutritious. I pray that the soil would be ready to receive. I pray that people's hearts today, Lord, would nurture, uh, Lord, what you're putting in them today. I pray today, Lord, that that seed would be watered, that seed would know the light of the word of God, that seed of your word would, would just, Lord, just be germinated and growing and sprouting and producing some good things in every single life here today. I pray, Lord, that there would be transformation in every single one of our lives. <clears throat> I ask this in Jesus' lovely name.